Hello, this is The Parent Panel. It's a show for the parents and carers of small humans so that we can all learn from the wisdom that we each gain. Or if not wisdom, we can laugh together. Our mum today describes herself as a life coach with more than a dash of salty pirate. And our dad is the co-host of a very popular podcast called The Baby Bubble. Well, sometimes you catch yourself just being bossed around. You're going, wait, wait a second. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, I'm an adult. <laughs> Neve one day took her nappy off and just rubbed it on the wall. Oh, wow. I kind of feel like parenting is a good antidote to my anal retentiveness. I think you're still in the trenches with your kids. I like the expression trenches. I sometimes call it the vortex. <laughs> the Parent Panel with Siobhan Hunt. Danielle Coley is our mum today. She has a boy and a girl aged six and eight and is a life coach at Your Good Life. Hello, Danielle. Hello, good morning. And a writer, I should add. And our dad is Sean Zepps, father of twins, one boy and one girl aged 15 months. He's also the co-host of The Baby Bubble and founder of Bringing Up Gabies. Hi, Sean. How are you? Hello, hello, hello. How did everyone survive Easter? Are we feeling good? Are we having a sugar crash? I went away and left the kids with their dad. Oh, <laughs> you are a legend. <laughs> High fives all round. Seriously. Where yeah. did you go? Um, I went to Bundina on my fifth anniversary with my partner. And the thing is, we were supposed to go to Bora Bora. Mm. And, uh, and it fell through last minute with babysitting and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, Bundina, Bora Bora, Just Bundina. the bee. Bora, yeah, yeah, exactly. Had yeah. to have the same. But it was still amazing. We did lots of beach walks and chilling out and um, not an Easter egg in sight. Oh, good oh. for you. So, Sean, sorry. I'm hoping you're, you've taken up the chocolate intake here. Or are you a parent who doesn't? I don't like chocolate, chocolate personally. Oh. So that makes my life a lot easier. Yes. And the kids are just a little young to like be consuming a ton of it. I absolutely gave it to them, but like I didn't really celebrate. So there you, wasn't an Easter egg hunt. I did little cute baskets and You you did the cute bas- baskets and then you took them back when they weren't watching. They so were, they wouldn't there were like more? stuffed animals in there and like bunny ears <laughs> and you know, a couple little candy things, but not too much. Oh, I love it. Mm. And did you get to relax? Oh, what am I talking about? You've got fifteen-month-old no. twins. No, you relaxing. don't ever relax. And I was parenting solo. Oh no! So for the whole weekend and the whole month. Did your husband go away too? He's been in Melbourne for work, so oh, I have been work. riding solo. There was not. I was the Easter Bunny, and I was not as happy as all the other <laughs> Easter bunnies around Australia this weekend no, at all. No jolly hopping. No jolly hopping. I'm like, clean up the eggs now. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, well, today we're talking about social media and children, tree changes, and cleanliness. First up, though, royal baby names. How about with the uh, the baby's name? Royal baby naming. Your Royal Highness. Name? I want to see a list of names. Royal children. Give me a list of names. Hit it, Royal Babies. With excitement growing over the imminent arrival of baby Sussex, we thought it was time to talk baby names. There's nothing that gets people quite as excited as guessing or criticising a baby's name, let's face it. You, mm. you, you're meant to keep it to yourself. Don't tell anyone. You'll be disappointed in the response. (laughs) Apparently, though, the royal family has a tradition of using multiple names for each child. So, Danielle, should Megan and Harry need some help naming their child, what names would you suggest? Well, I had a little dig around. Seeing as they're quite, um, you know, they're really bucking the trend, the royal trend, Mm -hmm. and and, Mm -hmm. and they're quite sort of modern, I had a little look around into... um, Megan's family names, <laughs> oh, <laughs> because um, you know, like they're they're doing things their own way. 
She's um she's got some like more sort of down to earth normal names, but there's even an Alvin in there. <gasps> Her grandfather's name is Alvin. Ooh. I would love to see That's Prince cute. Alvin. You know, even if they need that to do good. a throwback to some of the more traditional names in there, Alvin Charles, Alvin Chuck, Alvin oh. Chuck. There you go. <laughs> you know they're gonna chuck a bunch of formal ones in the middle, so go with a unique right. one in the beginning. So I don't, Alvin the chipmunk. That's the first thing I thought of when you said that. <laughs> okay, so maybe maybe we need to work on it. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> this is a workshop. Yeah, this is I'm a positive okay space. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Alvin. And, and what are your thoughts, Sean? I am obsessed with the royal family, as I... most Americans are, right? We have this idea of this fantasy of being a princess or a king. And for us, Meghan Markle is the embodiment of, of an American yes. getting out and becoming a royal. Yes. So I also have done my research. I've I'm not joking when I say that I'm obsessed with the Royals. I've seen every documentary. I've done all my research. I've read all the books. So I am putting all my eggs in two baskets that are more formal. I'm going to go with Diana, potentially, or Elizabeth. Megan is incredibly close with her grandmother. Yep. They spend a lot of time together. And I think, though she will be a bit more modern in some of the name selection, my gut says there has been such a warped relationship with like the wives who aren't perfectly regal. Hello, Diana. Mm. And so I think she's putting a lot of energy and effort into establishing a relationship with Elizabeth. And that would be such a nice little nod. But if they went with Diana, my ovaries would explode with excitement. (laughs) Oh, I would love it. I'm obsessed with Princess Diana. She is my spirit animal. And it would just be such a lovely little homage to his mom. Oh, for sure. I think Harry would be right on board. William didn't do that, right? No. No. Was there a reason why? Maybe to, I think because he is the heir to the throne, he born, has to go classic. 100%, yeah. And because of the royal family historically basically chooses from a fishbowl of four names. It's like Charles, mm. Edward, blah, 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 Elizabeth, the 27th. <laughs> I think Will, the way that he acts in public, obviously quite different than Harry, he has to be more formal. He needs to be mm. more regal. They don't do public display of affection, whereas Meghan and Harry can. Mm. And so I think they can go with something a little more exciting like Diana. It's still historically relevant obviously but it's a little more modern and fun oh oh please God, play this england? if i get tell it me. right please tell me tell me do you think they're gonna leave england and, and bring the baby up in america i, no. I just saw that on the front wasn't page there, of some there, tablet no, i heard that they were gonna move to africa oh i think they're random. gonna be quite strategic because megan is a smart smart woman and they're gonna figure out a way to have their child run for u.s president one day oh! And then, oh, I love it. American, America yes. and England back together again. Yes. I think the queen is on board, too. She's like, I will get them back. Uh, <laughs> put some thought oh, into this. I, I love that. A little thought into this. Oh, I love it. Have you got any posters on your bedroom wall? Come Just on, tell a couple. Us. Ten. All of Princess Diana. <laughs> spirit animal. Yeah. Yes. We've got to have yeah. a spirit animal. Okay. Well, I can't wait till we talk about the next topic because this is about Pink's outrage at Trolls on Instagram. Social media can be a fickle mistress. Trolls. It's all over social media. Parenting. Social media, blah. Trolls. Social media is blowing up. Recently, singer Pink posted a photo of her family on holidays. A pelican had wandered into their room and the kids were enjoying their unusual visitor. In the image, Pink's two-year-old son, Jameson, was pantless, which led to a barrage of trolling about his circumcision. Speaking to Ellen DeGeneres, Pink said that she was proud of her family, but she would stop sharing images of her kids after the incident. 
Sean, mm. has Pink got a right to be angry or was it inevitable that something like this would happen? So I actually work in social media. I've done that my entire career the last 10 years. And so I have quite a strong opinion about what you should and shouldn't you know, share of your children online. Um, I do think her reaction is a little over the top. She's like upset and trying to stick it to the trolls by being like, I'm not going to share pictures of my kids anymore. My belief system, and it's mine and mine alone, is any photo you put online of your child potentially can live on forever and ever, even if deleted by you, the parent. My standard, my rules that I practice in my house is if I would not post the picture of the two of you without asking first, aka your nipples are showing, you're crying, maybe you're sick. I would literally probably as a friend question it. I'd text you and be like, are you comfortable with me sharing this photo? If that is what I would do to adults, then then I don't share the picture of my child. So that means I never do nudity. I never show them crying. I absolutely never show them sick or upset. Anything that 20 years, 30 years down the line might shape people's perception of them, their identity. Because the reality is every photo you share online, we're laying down this framework, this basic layer of their online identity. And because online and offline identities have merged in recent years, we have to as parents, and I think this is not me mom shaming her at all, but be aware about the fact that the moment you share that photo, the world knows he's circumcised. The world thinks he's a crybaby. The world is aware of how frequently he's sick or the types of uh, t- temper tantrum he throws. And as parents, it's our job when we're making that decision to start their identity to think about the future jobs they might have. The three of us do not know where the world is going to go. We don't know what digital is going to look like. Look at what China's doing right now with uh, experimenting with adding scores to each individual based off of their actions online and offline. If the entire world moves to that, that sounds place, like Black Mirror. It is Black Mirror, except yeah. it's real. <laughs> and so I, I, I struggle a little bit with the idea that Should you share the moments that are real and honest about parenting? Absolutely. Should everything just be roses and beautiful, you know, parenting is positive? No, we want to show the realities of it. But it it isn't necessarily up to us to decide that our children are going to be comfortable with the world knowing what their penis looks like. I I actually, the thing that you said there that really I haven't heard before is thinking if this was a friend of mine, Mm. would I post it? Mm. That is such an interesting way to look at it. And so easy, Mm. an easy prism. What what do you think, Look, I think it's it's a shame the way that everything has gone, right? I do think that posting nudity is – I do think posting nudity is – in the box, you know, uh, for lots of reasons. Mm. And some of them are a shame as well. Um, I actually got trolled – not that long ago, we had an afternoon at home with the kids and we did some face paint and I did one David Bowie and another mm. one was Madonna and I took this photo of them. It was really cool up against this white wall and they were both shirtless and I didn't think about it at all and I posted it on Instagram and it got taken down oh. and I did what any sane person would do is and I wrote an article about it for news.com.au. <laughs> Amen, girl. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was like, hang on a minute. Like, I think it's a real shame. Like, wh- what world are we living in when you can't post a topless six-year-old dressed up after a fun afternoon of, of makeup, you mm. know? And and 
I mean, I got absolutely slammed. I got trolled hard on, by the news.com.au. Of course. Peeps. People yeah. only read that so that I they I know, can, yeah. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. I know. And then like other media outlets were picking it up and they were like, this is really important. Do you want to talk about it? And I was like, no, I actually just want it to go away now. Mm. Like, <laughs> I, I, okay, I can see I can see that I was self-righteous and maybe I was wrong. Um, I love your idea of, you know, of if, if I would ask a friend's permission if their nipples are showing or if they're... Um, mm in a vulnerable mood or whatever if you know if I would ask a friend's permission then I mean mine are old enough now I can ask them yeah. but they still don't really understand what the sure. what the major repercussions could be like like you've said you know mm. like the, we are shaping the the you know the very first toes on their footprint yeah exactly um but which you is know terrifying. that part about not asking them i ages ago i interviewed someone about this idea of a, a digital footprint it was a couple of years ago so it was a little bit it was just on the cusp of people starting mm. to say you know mm. do we have the right to post photos of our kids and she said um this was uh, the woman from the e-safety commission mm. she said you should ask your kids for permission as soon as they can talk and you, because that starts a conversation about what social media is, even if they don't yeah. understand the long-term mm. ramifications. So that was, again, like that moment you said about treating yeah. them like an adult. When I started doing that, though, <laughs> it's interesting you say they don't really understand because my daughter will not let me post a thing yeah. of her. And you know what she said the other day? Because she won't let me post a photo of she? her. She just turned seven. Yeah. We have this thing we love to do together, which is um, <clears throat> eating lemon meringue tarts at the local cafe. Yes. It's our favourite thing to do. So <laughs> she wouldn't let me take a photo of her. So I went, okay, I know what I'll do. And I took a photo of this very artfully placed lemon meringue tart half eaten. Mm. She said, Mum, I don't want you to post that either. And I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> and she said, I don't want people to know what I'm doing. Wow. Oh. And, I, and I, I had to step back and go... Damn you, child. Yeah. I can't post anything about yeah. this. This is my life right now. Yeah. But at the same time, because we'd started, it was interesting to see her understanding has expanded. She She's mm. aware now not just of her image being out there, but that relentless documentation yeah. about what we're doing, where we are, and she wants her privacy. Yeah. So and I was fair like, play, right? wow. Mm. When Where did you get those brains, Yeah, child? I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just not got from me. I just got schooled. <laughs> um, when my kids were little, I was in the height of, like, my mummy blogging. So everything pretty much been online you know like yeah. uh, all the all the stuff that it impacted in my relationship all the everything you know like a, a as they got older, that's when I started to think, hang on a minute, they're not like cute little like potato heads anymore. They're actually humans. Yeah, you know. Mm. I mean they were they were humans still when they were potato heads. Like, that's come true. on, Sean. <laughs> Tiny humans. <with> small brains. <laughs> Who look like potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but yeah, they they like, as they got older, I, it made me want to not write it any. I, I didn't write like that anymore. I changed what I did. You know, like I, I became a freelance writer. So and what do stopped. I do now? Cause I know all I'm I do concerned. Is That's what I do every day. <laughs> well, I think that you guys are a lot more savvy than I am. There you go. How do you like that? <laughs> That's good. Well, but you're passing the buck. No, this is good though because you guys have both brought up something really interesting, which is it is our online identities too. It yeah. is absolutely important that people understand the struggles I'm going through with my partner and the rude realities of the jobs that all three of us have decided to do is we are not just sharing our lives 
for ourselves. We're making an impact for other moms and dads who are sitting there behind a computer screen or on their phone and reading and going, wow, I feel felt, I feel heard. I love you, Sean. Every article (laughs) I've ever published that is safe, Every article I've ever published that's like glitz and glamour. It's cricket. No one gives a no, shit. No, they love your guts on the page. Everyone they, wants exactly. the viscera, man. And if mm. you didn't decide to say, listen, I'm depressed right now and this yeah. has affected me as a parent and my relationship, yeah. like what's the point? Why are 100%. we doing this? And that's so that it. I actually struggled hearing you guys talk about like not sharing Stella topless because I'm wondering if not sharing that photo of your daughter had a has a negative impact on women being able to express their themselves and their bodies. Like why are men allowed, to, boys allowed to be topless, but girls aren't. That like, was the, aren't I mean, so the, that? the article that I wrote was like, it is such a shame that all you guys thought of was how wrong this image is when yeah. really, you know, it, the, there was so much right with that image. Absolutely. Um, Free and, the nipple was years ago. Aren't right? we over this? And, and But she was so fierce in that picture as well. She wasn't simpering. It wasn't sexualized. It wasn't mm. any of that. She was like a fierce seven-year-old Madonna doing rock and roll yeah. fingers, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, So I think, like, as an adult, would we feel comfortable sharing our nipples out into the world? And women get to own that. They should be able to own that. But Instagram still is going to take it down. So we have some work to do there and like allowing people to own their but sexuality. They they, so much slips through and totally. a seven-year-old got busted. Well, it's because someone I mean? else flags it. Some yeah, yeah, troll yeah, yeah, who's yeah, angry, yeah. who feels upset about their body so they don't want you yeah. to. But because it's our lives, our identity, I, I think it's something I haven't worked through. If I want to share a moment of my children, do I need to ask them permission? I mean, it is my life. It is my story as well as theirs mm-hmm. and I think there's that line and I've decided the line is I'm going to share your lives just like my parents took pictures and put it in a scrapbook because this is an online scrapbook it's the sure. evolution of that and the moment I feel that it's questionable eating a tart not questionable <laughs> walking around the house naked and pooping on the floor yes. questionable yes 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 <laughs> Living in the city or suburbs can be hectic. Would you make the tree change for a slower pace and greater freedom for your kids? That's up next on The Parent Panel. Hey, kids. Nothing like fresh air. Fresh air. Fresh air. Talk to anyone who grew up in the country and they'll describe the freedom such a lifestyle brings. Kids can run about and play in nature. They can feed animals, grow vegetables. If I ever visit a farm stay, I can't help thinking it would be an idyllic life for my children. Danielle, would you make the tree change for your family? Or do you believe that life in the city or suburbs has all they need? I'm done with the city. Yes, <laughs> really? Yeah. So, um, so I, every time I go away, every time I go a little bit out of Sydney, I think, oh, can I live here? We've always loved the South Coast, love the North Coast. Mm. And I went to Byron over the Christmas holidays and a girlfriend of mine has moved there. I've got some really great friends in Brisbane. And I was just like, you know what? Everything is just more chilled. Like maybe it's not all about the city. I've been in the city since I was 16 and lived right sort of in a city um, for a lot of that. And I've now just realized that it's not all about that fast paced getting everywhere being in, in amongst everything all the time all the concrete all the traffic all the you know so uh, uh yeah it's in my uh it's in my future mm. i uh, we've we've said maybe in the next I'm saying three years. He's saying two years. Uh-huh. And my kids are saying, no, we want to stay in Sydney. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Little jokes. <laughs> what about you, Sean? 
I grew up in the middle of the woods in a beautiful small town in the middle of nowhere in a forgetful state called New Hampshire that no one has ever been to that is absolutely gorgeous. I grew up next to a lake and I grew up with no access to food. I grew up in a town that didn't have anything other than one stoplight and a old folks home and a fire station. And so for me and my brother and sister, so much of our lives the foundation of it was imagination, was crawling mm. through the woods and playing in the sand and, you know, playing in our boat and really having to make use of what we had around us. And so when I was 17, I was like, get me the hell out of here. Like, this is horrible. <laughs> exactly. And I sprinted to New York City and lived there for a decade because I needed the exact opposite of what I had. But I think that circle of life that happens to every parent once you have kids is I can't imagine my children not having that. There are pros and cons of living in a city. The cons of me not growing up in the city is I didn't know anyone who wasn't white. I mm. never had access to food that wasn't cooked by my parents. So discovering actual cuisine by people who didn't look and sound and talk like mm. me was revolutionary. And so I remember growing up and moving to New York and saying to my mom, like, I missed out on all this stuff. I, I don't understand the world. I've never really traveled. And so that's a huge downside when you meet city kids it's evident that they grew up just a little bit faster. They understood mm. the difference between other people. Uh, they see a drag queen walk down the street and they're less shocked, like, what is happening here? <laughs> and so I think there are a ton of strengths to growing up in a city. I believe that there is a lot of access to better jobs, um, access to more classes and different playgrounds and different um, adventures for activities for kids. And that is a huge strength. My my gut says that everyone should experience both. Absolutely. I was about to say that. Mm. Yeah. And I so I, I'm happy to have the kids here because it allows us as parents to pursue our careers mm. And, and really climb the ladder successfully. And that was going to make us better parents. Therefore, hopefully they'll have a better upbringing. But I'm right there with you. I know I'm itching already. I'm like, what is going to happen if my kids don't get to experience that? Is mm -hmm. a playground enough? My, my answer mm -hmm. is no, but that's because I don't know anything else. I think anyone who's lived outside of a city at some point is going to want their children to have that same lifestyle. So I'm right there with you. I would love to have a farm. I would love, even as a gateway drug, to like, have a property three or four hours out of the city that yeah. we can go to. Because, Holiday house. Oh, Absolutely. I think it's important for them. somewhere. Mm. It's actually really funny that you said that because I grew up um, in Coffs Harbour, which is mid-north coast, and I couldn't get out of there fast enough. <laughs> I ran away at 16, right? I couldn't get out of there fast enough. And if anyone ever said, you know, like, would you consider moving back to Coffs Harbour? I'd be like, no way, man. Absolutely it's way not. too small. Right? So, um, so maybe where I'm at is going to sort of the slightly one step up from where mm. I grew up. It's still got a lot going on in Byron. There's a lot going on around yeah. the area. Um, and it's not quite going to the backwaters. Sure. And but it's I, somewhere that Sean and I can go to visit you. Exactly. 100% having a big, big old <laughs> guest house, baby. Mm. You know it. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot recently about the fact that our children are growing up in a digital age that the three of us just didn't have. So for yeah. me, it wasn't like my parents had to say, get off that phone. Like we had one TV in the house. There was no thing as computer or cell phone. Mm. So outdoors was your only option. And so I think it's more important than ever before as parents that we're pushing our kids outside. And if you live in Balmain like I do, you, you can't just push them outside. You have to literally walk them to the to the nearest park, which is fine. Your but guys are a little, little still, by the way. Yeah, well, exactly. They, they haven't even gotten to the age yeah, where like... I know you're not two yet, but off you go. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think like as the digital revolution continues, yeah. it's going to become more and more important for people to leave the city to give access to like 
the earth. And that's it. I think that um, I think that finding balance, because even like if you live in the city, there is something about getting out of the city and just having that. I mean, it's not even about fresh air. It's about being able to breathe, mm. you know. It's about having that space just to um, decompress from that hectic lifestyle. And if you can, if you're lucky enough to be able to afford to have these regular weekends away, and it doesn't have to be expensive. You can go camping if you're that way inclined. I'm not, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I hear you. Um, but you know, like if if. It's, it's just about taking the time to get out, get your kids out running around to seeing different sort of areas and lifestyles. We've got such an incredible country here as well. And you really Seriously. don't have to go that far out of any of the capital cities, but Sydney definitely driving for two hours in either direction. There's some awesome stuff, you mm. know, and that's not even a huge commitment to your weekend, you know. Mm. Okay. So we're all going to make the tree change. How long do we give it? Two years. Two years. Five. Five. Oh, God, it'll take me that long to convince my husband. So, But also in the digital age, the thing about that is it doesn't matter where you go. You just take your microphone with you, right? Exactly. Uh-huh. You hook in with other people. You do it all by Zoom and bada-boom. You're just mobile. <laughs> all right. Our final topic in just a moment, domestic bliss. Do you have it in your home? Cleanliness is next to godliness. The life-changing magic of tidying. Thought I'd come in and tidy up. Bert, before you go cuckoo with cleanliness. Remember, cleanliness is next to godliness. Respect cleanliness. Do clean and tidy up, though. It's pretty extraordinary how much mess small children make. Living in a home strewn with toys, half-eaten apples and dirty clothes can drive a person insane. Or not. Not everyone has the same definition of what clean and tidy looks like. Not everyone has a problem with mess. This can, of course, lead to tension in the domestic realm. This week, psychotherapist Ginny Lindsay spoke to us on Fee Play Love about how you can ease the tension. Sean, do you and your husband align when it comes to the state of your home? We agree on everything. We never fight. Everything is blissful <laughs> and perfect. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, God, we disagree. We literally had a conversation last night for hours about um, our differences. We are from two different countries, so naturally there's a lot of culture differences. But we also, obviously, were raised by different people. And so we grew up in different homes. And it's not until you have children that you realize that your belief system on how the world should function is just so innately kind of packed inside of you that it is quite challenging. Um, whoever is the primary caregiver, which was me for the in the majority of um, the children's young lives probably takes it more personally when the other partner doesn't follow those rules perfectly. I am a neat freak. I do have a system. I do group all of the toys together. And that has been used as tools to teach my children how to clean. I have written a lot about this subject. I care a lot about making sure that my children respect the space they live in. And so I have a lot of kind of techniques that I deploy like you know, playing a single uh, cleanup song every single time we clean by showing them, not making them. So I scrub the table and they join in if they want to. And that has made it more exciting for them. But my husband doesn't practice those things. And so when it disrupts this perfect vision, this perfect practice, this routine that you've set, it of course is is offensive. It's like an attack on you. I would you. be pissed. I would be so pissed. <laughs> and what, But what he said, which I absolutely loved, he's a brilliant man and a really, really wonderful husband. And he's, he was like, but I didn't know that that 
that was a thing. That's the problem that us girls seem to have sometimes is like <laughs> you just expect them to know no. your way. Yeah. So I don't know. Ready? As a parent, especially primary caregiver, it takes you days and days and days and months sometimes to get a routine. And you don't realize how many mistakes you made to get to that perfect practice. And so you just expect them to know. So last night he just said, you have to just tell me your expectations of me and I will let you know if it's feasible or possible for me every single time and there needs to be give and take. It is okay for us to parent differently. It has to be okay because the reality is if your children live in a home where two people do everything the same, they're going to be a rude awakening when they leave that bubble and all of a sudden there are other people who live differently. And so that was a nice little check for me. I want it to be done a specific way. But it's not always going to be done that way. Other people have different practices. And as the partner, communicate, communicate, communicate. I have failed at that. But moving forward after the show, I'm going to do better. <laughs> I, <laughs> I hope. It. Well, before we move on to Danielle, though, let's be, let's be brutally honest here. What is the thing that gets your goat the most? Oh, goodness gracious. In terms of tidiness. Well, my, I, my thing is the toilet roll. Mm. When people don't change the toilet roll. Drives me mental. I don't because it's the easiest thing to do. Yeah, I think cleaning as you go is something that I believe in. It's what makes it possible to not like as parents. You like walk and you look at every single room's a mess, and you're like, "Where do I start?" So when we leave a room, I clean that room, and that's what annoys me more than anything. Is I like wake up the one day every three months I get to sleep in, and I come out of the room and I look, (laughs) every single room is a mess. Like the kitchen's a mess, the bathroom's a mess, living room's a mess, the kids' bedroom a mess. I'm like, can you just do one room at a time? (laughs) That's what irritates me, and that's when I get most stressed out and maybe Uh. yell. Sometimes. Um, okay. Well, that's good to know. Mm. Because I was thinking it was perfect, but I'd like to know. I just know that I can't make eye contact with him right now because he's not going to like what I'm about to say. (laughs) So it's all right, Danielle. He doesn't have to live with you. It's okay. Okay. Um, Well, I don't think we're that messy. However, (laughs) my partner is a super clean freak. Oh, I love him already. Yeah. He grew up with a really like strict cleanliness mother um and um she really regimented in her cleanliness and he has been a bachelor for you know 40 years and uh and his house was and i used to go in there and be like oh my god your house is a daddy i'm gonna hang out here a bit more (laughs) let's let's say your house not come to my house so I mean, we've got a lovely home. I'm really proud of it. It gets tidied regularly. I have a cleaner, so it's not like it's... But I have two kids and I... I'm a creative. <laughs> um, yeah, so we are his bane. And he's and he will say, you know, like, can't you just clean up after yourself when you're cooking? I think it's the second time we've heard that, but from the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, um, and what about the kids? You know, go to teach the kids when they take their clothes off in the bathroom, they have to put them in the laundry or don't take, leave a, sh- a, a trail of clothes, like bread crumbs down the hallway or, mm. you know, just put things away as you finish with them. And, you know, I'm I'm... I think my consistency is my problem. Mm. Well, it's not just consistency because I think it's also the fact that when you've got all this going on, teaching your children to mm. do the most basic things can actually just sap the life out of you. But how many totally. times do you have to say it? Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Every damn day I say the same thing. And then some days I'm just like, oh, God, just pass me a wine. I think the teaching thing is interesting the to me. The teaching is the Because when you go into a classroom, I mean, obviously my children aren't old enough to be in school, but I 
worked in after school programs and you go into the school and you watch the way that teachers function, they let kids be messy. They don't like make them clean up as arts and crafts are happening. They don't say pick up your books as they're reading. They let them make a mess when that thing is happening. But when they move on to the next thing, teachers do a good job. They don't ask. They tell. Mm. We're finished with reading time. Put your books away. We're moving on to the next thing. And they say no because children always say no. Mm. And then the teacher is wonderful and says, no, that wasn't a question. It's time for us to clean up. Then we're moving on. And if we could, I mean, listen, I'm saying this as if I know because I don't do this. But if we could treat our homes a little more like classrooms where we are teaching them the foundations of how to be functional adults, you're allowed to just live. Like what my husband always says is a, a messy home is a lived home, a home of heart. Books everywhere, which annoys the shit out of me, like piles of books. He's like, that means it's a family that reads. And so there's a happy uh, balance. And I think sometimes you'll, you'll go into a classroom and it'll be really messy and the teacher doesn't look upset because the children are having a good time. They're living. Do you always have to throw the things away the moment you take it off? I don't think so. But there is a time in the day when they need to figure out that, like, this is your space. You live here, too. And do you want your room to be a complete utter mess? Danielle, are you feeling ashamed as I am now that Sean's kids are only 15 months and he totally has his shit together? Dude, he he coordinates the toys. But I think, can he be our guru? Uh, yes. Can he be our parenting guru so we can learn Mentor from him? Us. Yeah. So Mentor. I hope you didn't think you'll come in here to learn anything. Like <laughs> you're not going to learn yeah. anything from us here. Yeah. We're, I need an accountability buddy for sure. Like, you <laughs> My know. children also can't talk back yet. So you guys are both like, wait till they turn to you, little shit. <laughs> no, no, you got it all going on. Because the love thing it. is, when, we, when you take your eyes off them for, you know, however many hours it takes you to do, like, the, all the juggling of the things that you have to do, mm. and you know that you'd. I, I don't want them to be on screens the whole time. So they are pulling out every single book, all of the um, kinetic sand, all of the oh, Lego. It's the, it's the don't train ever set. give your kids the train sand. Set. I don't even what know about, what it is. What about so the train set? A topic set? for another episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pulling out the train set, stuff like that. So there's just everything has so many pieces. Mm. And it does. It just sort of creates this like tidal wave of stuff. And what a horrible life to live to like stifle that for them. Like, Absolutely. Before you change the toy, Absolutely. you put your books away is annoying. A teacher would never do that I just want to get the clothes thing down because my kids and this is entirely my fault my kids if they're getting dressed for bed let's say they Mm. take off their pajamas and drop them on the floor put on oh sorry not their pajamas that's the wrong way around they take off their clothes put them on the floor put on their pjs sit on the lounge with the clothes on the floor Mm. so this is the same right why don't they go into their room and get changed mine do the same they go and get their pajamas from their room come back get changed in the lounge room (laughs) Drop their stuff. Is it the TV? Could be the TV. It's totally the TV. It's totally the TV. Hashtag carrot fail. You and me. We're in this together. Well, now that we've um, demonstrated what crap parents we are, Danielle, you're still in the good tick box. Don't feel like you have to deny that, Sean. Okay. I'll, we are I'll all for holding up good today yeah, for this one subject. Yeah, yes. you're doing a Next great time job. you come back, I want you to work on it. I want okay. you to have some parent fails ready. I have them, I promise you. <laughs> I want some photos of mess, too. Okay, I have it. <laughs> we'll have to contact his husband. <laughs> Send us a sneaky one on that one day off he has. We'll go around and we'll pretend it's Sean's fault. All right, well, that was our last topic um, of this 
particular session of the parent panel. But before we leave, I like to um, ask people what they're doing. Tell us where you are online. Danielle, what have you got going on at the moment? Um, I've got uh, my Your Good Life Breakthrough program, which has launched a few weeks ago, and I'm super excited about it. It's a program for women who, you know how mothers sometimes they pour so much of themselves into their families in order to be the best mum that they possibly can, but they lose sight of their own identity and even sometimes their self-worth outside of that role. Well, my new program, it works with really aligning them back with their core values and their and their goals and their purpose and also help them alleviate any of their self-worth, shame and um, and confidence issues. So, I love it. And if you're doing it, there's going to be a dash of the... Uh, salty pirate. Exactly. You know it. <laughs> you want, want a bit of that in there. Oh, and it's very real. And where um, can people find that? They can find me at yourgoodlife.com.au or Your Good Life on Facebook and Instagram. Brilliant. Okay, and is that course online? Is it something they can No, this is a face-to-face. The online oh. program is still being developed, so this okay. is all face-to-face, but done uh, online over Zoom. But okay. uh, it's one-on-one, and uh, we really get to the, the, the core issues, the root causes of what's going on for people. Fabulous. And it's, yeah, it's incredibly powerful work. I'm really proud of it. Oh, good mm. on you. Okay, so that's Danielle. Sean, tell us what's going on for you at the moment. I have my finger in a lot of different pies, lots of writing, lots of podcasting. So I think it's probably best to just direct people to my Instagram because there's a lot going on there. <laughs> and does your Instagram lead off to the other Absolutely. areas of you? That's why Fabulous. I feel like strategically, okay. if you liked what you heard today, you're going to love to watch my Instagram stories. So it's just S-E-A-N-S-Z-E-P-S, Sean Zepp's first last name. And that is the place you're going to find a lot of the content. I actually okay. just wrote in the past week about cleaning. So if you were interested in this subject, you're going to actually see the messy room. I supplied photos, I swear. Oh, perfect. And so you'll be able to find a lot of articles actually about all of the subjects we talked about today. And yeah. of course, if you have little babies, um, Sean is a co-host of the Baby, Baby Bubble, which you'll find on the Mamma Mia Network That's podcasts. Right. Um, guys, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank Thanks you. for having us. Uh, I'm Siobhan Hunt. You can find me at Siobhan Hunt. See you next time. You've been listening to The Parent Panel, a babyology podcast hosted and written by Siobhan Hunt, produced and edited by Elise Cooper. For more information on the show, or maybe you want to do a deep dive onto previous episodes, you can find out all you need to know on our website. Head to babyology.com.au slash parent panel. See you next time.